grace of Christ be with you. Let us take a moment to feel the presence of the Spirit here today. We'll take three deep breaths together. Friends, let us worship together in beloved community. Will you please stand and join me in the call to worship? Almighty God, you gather us together as one body. In you, we are one. Merciful God, you bring healing to a broken world. Open our hearts to your healing spirit. All-knowing God, we seek to know your love through Jesus Christ. Let us worship the living Christ. Glenn is going to share with us our opening song today, and we usually stay standing for our song, but I'm actually going to invite you to sit for the song so you can best see him and hear him. And there may even be an invitation to join in.
Amen. Thank you, Glenn. I do want to welcome you here to worship at Westminster. If you're new with us, a special welcome to you. If this is your first time with us or maybe your first time back in many, many, many months, welcome. We are a church that values inclusive language, so I was actually singing Praise Her Name. Glenn, I hope that's okay. (laughs) Either way, whatever's most comfortable for you. Uh, I do want to let you know about a few things as we begin worship together. First, you may have noticed uh, in the Marin IJ yesterday um, that there have been some new recommendations on masks from the county. Basically, the recommendation is that when you're inside, everyone wears a mask regardless of vaccination. Um, But that's a recommendation, not a requirement. So at Westminster, we've agreed since the beginning of the pandemic that we want to follow the county guidelines. So we are going to do the same, and that is we're recommending that you wear a mask while inside, though not requiring it, unless you're not vaccinated, in which case you do have to wear a mask. But you'll see different choices. I'm going to wear a mask when I'm not talking, but when I am talking, I'm going to take it off just so you can hear me the best. And especially for our people at home, hello, live stream audience, it's really hard for them to hear when we're wearing a mask. Um, So again, your choice, but just want to let you know those are the recommendations from the county. Speaking of our live stream, if you're sitting on this side, please beware of the cord beneath you. Um, It's there. We're running, uh, we're running the cable, so just be careful. Finally, we are continuing to keep our windows and our doors on this side open for ventilation. Um, it's not too bad today. The last couple Sundays, it's gotten a little cold in the sanctuary, um, but we are committed to continuing to keep things open. So if you're especially over here and you get cold or uncomfortable, please feel free to move about so you can find a spot that is most comfortable for you. Okay, that's enough logistics for now. Let's now join together in our community prayer. Let us pray. Loving God, God, we know know how much you care for us, yet sometimes sometimes we take your love for granted. Other times we forget to love others as ourselves. Help us to turn toward you. Open our hearts to care for those around us. Open our eyes to see your grace everywhere. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Amen. Friends, hear the good news that God's goodness and mercy does indeed follow us all the days of our lives. In Christ, we are forgiven. We are set free. We are made new. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now is the time in our worship service where you are invited to share with one another, share about your joys and your concerns. So if you have something to share, I invite you to just raise your hand and let us know. Yeah, Meg.
Oh my. So the Holland family, um, one of the girls of the family. Um, oh, she's <laughs> all girls to you, right? <laughs> one of the members of that family died following a, a fall off of Muni bus. So prayers for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Any others to share? Yeah, Susan. Yeah, prayers for those affected by the flooding in Germany. Susan lifts them up. Others? Yeah, Elizabeth. Friend Janice, who is newly diagnosed with breast cancer, and Elizabeth is especially asking prayers as she makes all the decisions that are now required for next steps. Others? All right, well, let's hold uh, all of these prayers in just a few moments of silence, and then I'll lead us together in the Lord's Prayer. So let us pray. Loving God, our shepherd, you lead and guide, you walk alongside, you prepare, you feed, you call all of your beloved children, those of us who stray constantly, and those of us who stay close to you. May we welcome and care for all of your children, O God, just as you do. And hear us now, as together we pray the prayer that your Son taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day.
Amen. I don't know if you noticed in your bulletin, but that was a Glenn Burke original right there. <laughs> really? A, a world premiere. Wow. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. So this is the third Sunday of the month, which means it's our birthday blessing Sunday. So I'm not going to invite you forward, but if you have a birthday in July, or maybe if you missed a birthday blessing in a previous month, I invite you to just stand right where you are so we can know who we're celebrating. All right. Wonderful. Happy birthday, everyone. So I want to share with you a poem. It's actually, it's entitled July, so I thought it appropriate. I'm going to warn you, it's all about food. So should you start to get hungry while I'm reading this, I apologize in advance. But it's by a poet named Kristen Aptowitz. The figs we ate wrapped in bacon. The gelato we consumed greedily. The eggs we'd watch get beaten till they were a dizzying bright yellow, how their edges crisped in the pan. The pink salt blossom of prosciutto we pulled apart with our hands, melted on our eager tongues. The green herbs with goat cheese, the aged brie paired with a small pot of strawberry jam. The final sour cherry we kept politely pushing onto each other's plate, saying, no, you, no, it's good, it's yours. How I finally put an end to it, plucked it from the plate and stuck it in my mouth. Amen. So she's recalling all the yummy July foods that she eats with her family. But what I hope for you on your birthday on this coming year is that you may go after what you want. Like that cherry, it was hers, right? I invite you to be bold in following your call, whatever your call may be. Happy birthday. And now receive this blessing. Brooke's birthday, too. I didn't even see you standing back there. I got to stand here to include everyone. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. You may be seated. And now I'd like to invite any of the children worshiping with us to come join me here at the front. Benjamin and William, I think I'm talking to you. Are you willing to come up here with me? Maybe, maybe. I've kept my mask on, especially for you guys, since you're not old enough to be vaccinated. We want to make sure that we're keeping you two as safe as possible. Come on up. Oh, my gosh. Did you coordinate with my son today? Seriously. I don't know if any of you saw Ben as you came in, but head to toe tie-dye. I love it. After worship, we'll have to... You can have a seat and be comfortable. Or you can stand. (laughs) Do you want to sit or do you like to stand? Okay, that's fine. Um, Seriously, after church, we're going to have to find my son, Ben, and take a picture of this head-to-toe tie-dye because I love it. But that's not what I'm talking about. So, did you notice earlier in worship, after people were sharing their joys and concerns, raising their hand... We said a prayer all together, right? Everyone spoke it, called the Lord's Prayer. And we do that every single week. There's not a lot about worship that is exactly the same from week to week, but every single week we say that same prayer. And it got me wondering, 
why we do that, where it comes from. You know, sometimes, like, I would see this cool tie-dye, and I might say, cool tie-dye, where did you get that? Where did it come from? Because I'm interested in learning about it, right? Or, Or I might say, Glenn has this cool guitar that has those white strips on it. I haven't seen many guitars like that, so I might ask Glenn, wow, that's really interesting. Where did you get that? Where did it come from? Because I want to learn more, right? So I sometimes wonder that about the Lord's Prayer, this prayer that we pray every single week. Why do we do that? Where did it come from? Yeah, you might have that question about a bunch of stuff, right? And here's the answer. I'm going to answer that one for you. The Lord's Prayer we actually find in the Bible, That's why we say it every week, because Jesus taught it to his disciples in the Bible. We didn't just make it up one day because we thought we needed a prayer, but it actually, it goes back all the way to Jesus, and we find it in the stories in the Bible. So it's so important to us in our church tradition that we thought maybe it might be interesting to learn a little bit more about that special prayer. So I have a friend, Kate, who's sitting right over there, And she has a little bit more about that prayer that she's going to teach you guys today and talk about with you guys, all right? So I'm going to invite you all to head out, and I'm going to actually head out with you for just a little while so we can learn more about that prayer, okay? And we're going to sing you out as we go. Here we go. Go now in peace. Come along. Go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere you may go. What a couple keys. <laughs> Our first scripture today is from the book of Jeremiah. The 23rd verse, the first six, cha- the first 23rd chapter, the first six verses. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. <clears throat> Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people. It's you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you've not attended to them. So I will attend to you. For your evil doing, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all of the lands where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. And I will raise shepherds up over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor shall, nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. The second scripture reading today is from the book of Mark, chapter 6, verses 30 to 34. When Jesus and the newly called apostles go away together to a deserted place, 
Then the reading skips over the feeding of the 5,000 and Jesus walking on the water. And it concludes with verses 53 to 56, a summary passage about the widening response to Jesus's healing ministry. Listen to what the Spirit has to say to us today. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them. And they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. He went ashore. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion for them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And then the summary passage after the feeding of the 5,000. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Genesaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed about that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats wherever he went into villages or cities or farms that they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak for all who touched it were healed. This is holy wisdom, holy word. When my mother was 70 years old, she was diagnosed with colon cancer her oncologist shared the shocking news that she had less than a year to live. And given the short time left, my sister and I decided to take my mother on a final, very special kind of trip to Italy. We traveled to Naples, where we headed out on foot on the narrow streets, together in formation, my sister, my mother, and then me in the back. My sister was leading the way, but as we were walking, my mom became fearful that she would get separated from my sister ahead. So she started to walk very quickly, and we passed a young woman who sat cross-legged on the sidewalk with a cardboard box in front of her. The box had a few coins in it that people had dropped in there to help her. Well, my mother accidentally kicked the box over as she ran by, and coins spilled everywhere. Yet my mom was completely oblivious and kept scurrying ahead. I was mortified that my mother had knocked this box over and just kept going. I immediately stopped and gathered up the coins as quickly as possible. And I hurriedly dropped them back in the box and continued to catch up with my mom. I remember feeling that I had shown compassion because I had stopped to help the woman. But did I really show compassion? 
I really hadn't done much, more than just pick up some coins that already belonged to her. Jesus, on the other hand, in this passage we just heard, shows us a spirit of compassion that gives hope and healing to all people. Let us take a closer look at the passage that we just heard from the book of Mark. In the scene, Jesus and the disciples traveled by boat on the Sea of Galilee to a deserted place. The deserted place was another way of describing the wilderness. And wilderness has great significance in the Bible. It's a place where people often encounter God and receive God's promise of nourishment and renewal. So the wilderness setting harkens back to the wilderness story in Exodus in the Hebrew Bible, where the people of Israel encountered God during their 40-year exodus from captivity in Egypt. And so Jesus immediately put aside his plans to allow the disciples to rest here in the wilderness, for the needs of the people were too great. You see, the people were impoverished. They were day laborers, and they didn't have food to feed themselves. They would perhaps be like illegal immigrants today who work the fields to get enough food to feed themselves or their families who would have been desperate for work. So Jesus was moved with compassion to help the people, for they had no one to take care of them. But this was not just ordinary compassion or sympathy that we might think of. No, Jesus had a visceral reaction to the people who ran ahead of him to speak. The word used in Greek to describe his compassion is not actually easily translated to English usage, but it connotes guts and bowels and vital organs, which were believed to be the seat of affections such as love and pity. It describes a profoundly intense emotional response that viscerally propels the person to feel compassion and then go into action on the behalf of somebody else. Remember that compassion means to suffer with. So Jesus felt the suffering of others and could not ignore it. Then he taught them the word of God. Today's passage ends in Genesaret, which is on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee near Capernaum, where crowds of people gathered to receive Jesus' healing presence. It shows, as I said, the widening response of Jesus' message. For you see, the spirit of Jesus's, the spirit of compassion gave hope and healing to all people, Jews and Gentiles, and Jesus saw no boundaries. He cared for everyone including those on the outskirts of society. Author and Episcopalian priest Barbara Brown Taylor 
describes how Jesus' spirit of compassion gave hope and healing to people in her book of sermons, The Seeds of Heaven. She describes the scene this way. They were sick, they were sad, they were hungry, and while anyone but the Son of God might have told them to get lost, Jesus had compassion on them. His heart went out to them, and he spent the afternoon walking among them, laying his hands on them, and saying the things they needed to hear. The author, Glennon Doyle, in her recent podcast, We Can Do Hard Things, shows how Jesus' spirit of compassion gave hope and healing to all people. She puts it this way, that Jesus I fell in love with was this man who walked around his life, his community, and his world asking two questions. Who is religion forgetting? And who is power oppressing? It was just these two questions over and over and over again. And what he did was ask those questions and gather up those people. And back then it would have been lepers and tax collectors and prostitutes. And so he just gathered them up and he just ate with them and he spoke out for them. And he stood between them and those throwing stones at them over and over and over again. And while he did that, while he gathered up those people, those marginalized, hurt-to-the-edges people, he just walked with them. This is the part I love, she said. He just gathered them up, ate with them, shepherded them, and took care of them, and then just walked toward the empire, she said. So Jesus' message of compassion and healing for all people is about radical inclusion. It's about paying attention to those on the outskirts of society and about creating the kingdom of God here on earth. Let us look at the theme of compassion and compassionate care for others that brings hope and healing for all people among the early Protestant reformers. John Calvin took a stand in defense of those unjustly oppressed without knowing that it would cost him his job and land him in exile in Geneva. Another theologian, uh, Richard Shaw from Princeton Theological Seminary, said that even early Puritans in this country believed in a radical critique of and a break with social and political order, which was seen as contrary to God's will. So you see we have this long line of prophetic uh, voices in the Protestant Reformation and coming forward, the foundation of our beliefs. And along those same lines, William Sloan Coffin, the late former chaplain at Yale University, Presbyterian minister at Riverside Church in New York, 
and social activist wrote this in a sermon about suffering. I can only resolve it by sharing it, by holding hands with the dying, by protesting in the name of the crucified Lord against war, hunger, oppression, torture, and against suffering inflicted by our human injustice. In fact, the quote in your bulletin today is by Martin E. Marty of University of Chicago, uh, professor emeritus and religious scholar. And he wrote it in the introduction of a book of sermons uh, by William Sloan Coffin. And it, it exemplifies Coffin's belief in compassionate care for others that can lead to change. He reminds us that for deeper than thinking, deeper than feeling, is caring. The closest application of Jesus' message of compassionate action in contemporary life, for me, is the visceral reaction in response to the videotaped murder of George Floyd. One could not watch the video of Derek Chauvin with a knee on the neck of George Floyd without having a visceral response. People knew that what was happening right before their eyes was wrong, and it moved them to a sense of outrage and a sense of compassion that stirred them into action. They protested and took to the streets and said, no, no, this is not right. The same spirit of compassion was reflected in the individual action of Darnella Frazier, the 17-year-old who videotaped the scene of George Floyd's murder, murder. She described in her testimony that what she saw was a man terrified, scared, and begging for his life. You may have heard that she uh, recently won a Pulitzer, Pulitzer Prize, a citation, if you will, a special citation for her video. But she wasn't thinking of awards when she filmed the now historic nine minutes and 29 seconds. No, she was moved with compassion and outrage. You just never know when your actions will make a difference in the world. And sometimes compassion looks like the work of this faith community at Westminster Presbyterian Church. The church went from compassion to action when housing homeless people in Finley Hall during the rest program. And it acted with compassion at the start of the pandemic when it started a drive for diapers to give to essential workers in the Canal District. And when it asked for volunteers to bring bag lunches for kids in Marin City. And now about my mom. What we didn't know the time of our trip to Naples was that the oncologist was wrong. 
and she beat her cancer. And she lived another 16 years cancer-free after the trip. <laughs> but we, what we also didn't know was that my mother would later be diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And the early signs of Alzheimer's were already on display in my mother's fear and confusion during our trip. But we cared for her compassionately, and we were able to keep her in her home with care until she died. And when she died, I had a dark night of the soul. But through that wilderness place, I saw that God's love is eternal. And I learned to have compassion for those with dementia and with Alzheimer's. And as I think back now on that woman who was asking for change in Naples, I wonder if I really ever felt her pain. Why was she on the streets in the first place? Had she come upon a stretch of economic hardship? And what else could have been done to change the lives of women like her? The good news is that we can always turn back toward God and remember how Jesus Christ showed us how to deeply care for others with compassion and how we can act to make change happen. I leave you with this experience that my husband shared with me a few years ago. He was walking back from a baseball game with some friends, and there were swarms of people making their way uh, to their cars after the game. And as he walked over the overpass, cars were whizzing by below on this four-lane highway. But out of the corner of his eye, he saw a young transgender person who I will refer to as they. They had climbed over the railing of the overpass, and they were on the phone crying. My, my husband heard them loudly in distress talking to someone, saying things that it made it clear that they were going to jump. Other people were swarming past, and nobody else seemed to notice, or maybe nobody else cared. He told me that he had a visceral reaction in his body, and he knew instantly that he had to do something. So he quickly went to the railing and was ready to grab them if they started to move. But he began to talk with them and remind them that everything was going to be okay. And eventually, he asked them gently if he could help them back over the railing. And they said, Yes. As sirens were heard in the background, my husband and his friends walked with the distressed person back over the overpass. And as they were safely in the hands of the rescuers and the first responders, they said goodbye and kept walking. Amen.
Amen. You may be seated. If those of you who are sitting here in the middle aisle didn't yet get a chance to pass that pew pad down the aisle, I invite you to do that now. Um, It is very helpful for us to know who's been here worshiping with us. If you're a visitor and maybe we don't have your contact information, jot down an email or a phone number so we can be in touch with you to let you know more about the life of this church. Uh, Just a couple of things to highlight. First, our Sexton Jesus is on vacation for the next two weeks. So Caesar, his usual replacement, is here with us. If you happen to see Caesar today, give him a hello. It's always nice to reunite with Caesar when Jesus goes out of town. Uh, Brooke did an excellent job of lifting up both our diaper and our bag lunch programs. There's more information about both of those on the back of the bulletin. Um, If you haven't yet been involved in either one of those programs on Tuesday mornings, you are certainly welcome to to get involved. And I just encourage you to take a look at the announcements. Um, Definitely take advantage of those events and activities and programs that make sense for you. And I now invite you to stand as you are comfortable for our closing hymn. It's number 795. Oh. 
the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you this day and every day. Amen. Thank you, Chris.